0: Kingdom Builder, I wonder, have you ever had an experience with a sleazy car car salesperson? Maybe you've had that annoying door-to-door person come to you, or maybe you've dealt with someone that was sliding into your DMs trying to pitch you something, and you walked away thinking, I hate sales. If that's ever happened to you, put a one in the comments before. Um, but it's important that we deal with this, because especially if you're in business or in sales already, and maybe you're honest with yourself, and maybe you're somebody that's thinking like, I, I need a sell, I want to sell, but deep down inside, you feel like sales is bad or sales is weird. It's going to be important that we address this. And today we want to answer the question of, is sales biblical? If that sounds like something interesting to you, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube if you haven't already and share this if you feel that that's beneficial, because today we're going to do a deep dive into what the Bible says about sales. And disclaimer, I'm not a biblical scholar. um, I'm not a pastor. I'm just an entrepreneur that loves God and wants to make sure that I do things to please him. So I want to dive into some research that I've been doing on what the Bible says, and I wonder what you think about this. So I'd love to hear your comments in the comments below. I'd love to hear your thoughts in this because my goal is not to be right. My goal is for God's word to be right. So it's important that we deal with this because if you're a Christian entrepreneur and you want to succeed, then it's going to be important that we actually know what he says about sales. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get them, right? The success of a business deals with sales, so if you don't know my backstory, growing up, um, I did not grow up a salesperson. Uh, sales and business were at the bottom of my priority list. I grew up wanting to fulfill the what I call the Chinese-American dream. We know the American dream, go to school, get a good job, uh, go to school, graduate, get a good job. Um, I did the Chinese-American dream, which was go to school, And you can do anything you want to be in life as long as a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. Let me know if that's relatable at all. Um, So I was picking a doctor. And when I thought about the notion of sales, I honestly remember thinking, like, that's like beneath me. In fact, when I went to UC Berkeley, um, college professors actually laughed about the notion of teaching sales. Like, that's the way that sales is looked upon. And um, what happened, though, was I finally met some professional entrepreneurs that showed me that sales didn't have to be sleazy. It didn't have to be weird. In fact, it was professional. And then I've grown a very healthy respect for sales because at the end of the day, nothing in this world happens without a sale being done. Think about it. Whatever you're watching this on, a phone, a laptop, an iPad, perhaps, it had to be sold to you your clothing, a sale was done. Like everything in this world, whether it is a product or if it's a service or if it's in a relationship of communicating an idea with your family, communicating an idea with your loved one, with your spouse, sales is an essential part about life. So it's gonna be super important, especially as a believer, That we understand this and stay tuned till the end because I truly believe as kingdom builders, sales is even more important for us to understand because it's either going to be the kingdom agenda that's going to be pushed onto this world or it's going to be the world agenda that's going to be pushed onto this world. So let's start to unpack this together. You might want to take down a notepad or pen and you're probably going to want to replay this because I'm going to drop a bunch of scripture at you. So we're going to fly by okay. through this. But the first thing that we want to do is we need to define what sales is. And we can't define if something is biblical if we don't know what the word means. So what is sales? I looked at in the Oxford Dictionary. Sales is simply a transaction between two or more parties in which goods or services are exchanged for money or other assets. So that's quite simply what it is. Sales is is not being sleazy sales is not being manipulative sales is not necessarily good sales is simply the exchange of a product or service for an asset a commodity or money that's that's all a sale is now when it comes to making money in this world we also have to understand that sales is the only way to legitimately and legally actually get money. You see, God put up in this world this money process as an exchange of value. The only way to get money otherwise is illegal ways, meaning you could come up to me gunpoint and force me to give you money. And yes, you'll get money, but that is illegal. And obviously that is unbiblical, but if you want to legitimately make money, then the only way to do that is to conduct a sale. And what that actually means is someone must willingly give their money in exchange for the value that you're giving. I hope this makes sense. As an entrepreneur, the only way that you make money is if you solve someone else's problem. So selling is not only essential, selling actually means that you're providing a service or providing a value the only reason why you bought the device that you're using to be able to watch or listen to this right now is because you felt that thousand dollars that you had in your bank account was worth less than the exchange of perhaps the iphone that you had i hope this makes sense now in the bible though what does the Bible say about sales? The Bible has a lot to say about this. In fact, you do know that for most of the Bible history, if you read all of the great heroes and the great people in the Bible, most of the people in the Bible were actually salespeople. Now, James, what do you mean by that? Well, let's use a couple of examples, right? Paul, who wrote over a third of the New Testament. Paul the Apostle Paul, besides being a minister, was also in business. Paul was a tent maker. That was his trade. That was his profession. You know what that means? That means that Paul had to sell something to fuel his ministry. So Paul was a salesperson. Did you know that Isaac, Abraham, Jacob, these original forefathers of the Israelites, they were farmers. They were business owners. And you know what that means? They had to farm things, grow things, and then sell them. And they were quite successful. So they were salespeople. The disciples, many of them, Peter, John, Andrew, James, for example, when Jesus found them and made them disciples, they were fishermen as a business. What do you do as a fisherman, as a business? You catch fish, you sell it for a profit they made a living off of that now you might be thinking well okay well who else was well jesus himself was a carpenter jesus himself was in business sold stuff that he made or fixed for money so sales it's evident that the bible says things about that but on the flip side The Bible also has warnings about sales. Let's go into the most famous and tragic story about sales, which is the story about Judas Iscariot. And Judas was the one that infamously sold Jesus. It says in Matthew 26, 14, then one of the 12 named Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give to me to betray him to you? They set out for him 30 pieces of silver And from then on, he looked for a good opportunity to betray Jesus. He did sell, he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Fun fact, did you know 30 pieces of silver is around $400? That's like less than an iPhone these days. So there's evidently also a negative notion of sales as well too. So let's start to unpack this together. Okay, Proverbs 11.26 actually talks about sales. You read through this. It says, one who withholds grain, the people will curse him. But blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. You see what this is saying? Solomon is writing this, one of the most wealthiest, successful people in the world, that sales is actually important, that if you have something of value, that it is in your obligation, it is your responsibility to sell it. In fact, if you have something of value, a product, a service, an idea, whatever it is, a message, the good news, whatever that it is to sell it, if you don't sell it, then you are being cursed. If you do sell it, there's blessing. So sales is actually something that is talked about in a positive note here. Now you might be thinking, well, sales, do they really mean to sell it? Well, if you look up the the Hebrew for the word sales, just fun note, it's the word shabar. Shabar literally means to buy or purchase grain. So evidently the Bible says a lot about selling. But why is it then that, Sales has such a bad connotation. Why is it that there's this weird feeling about sales? Because not all sales are good. We just use the example of Judas. That was not a good sale. I'm sure we can all agree. Now, it was good for us because God works everything together for the good of those who are called to to his purpose. Without Judas selling off Jesus, then none of us would be saved. But that was not a good sale what makes a sale not good what is sales not and here's the key sales or kingdom sales biblical sales is not manipulative it is not controlling it is not forceful it's not coerced it is not self-serving let me pull up a a couple passages here it says in second peter chapter 2 but False prophets also appeared among the people just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their indecent behavior and because of them of the truth, the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle and the destruction is not asleep. Bad sales is deceptive. Bad sales lead you down the wrong path. Bad sales does not have your best interest in mind. That's not the type of selling that we're talking about. Again in Leviticus 19, these are some of the early laws that the Israelites had. 19:11 says this, you shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. So whenever you're in a selling situation, and you're stealing things. Maybe you're stealing ideas, or you're stealing, you're doing things that are not legal, or you're dealing with people falsely, you're lying to them. You're over-promising, you're over-exaggerating your product, what it can do. You're over-exaggerating your service. You're not willing to actually give what it is that's promised, or you straight lying. Let's say someone asks you a question as a salesperson, as a business person about your product, about your service, and you don't want to tell them the truth, you're lying. That's not biblical sales. And it also says, 1913 Leviticus, you shall not oppress your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of a hired worker are not to remain with you all night until morning. So it says that you shall not oppress your neighbor nor rob him. What do these all mean? These all mean that these are greedy, self-serving notions. What is biblical sales not? It is not self-serving. It is not greedy. In fact, it is the opposite. And I got four points for us today and then a, an important last note on this. So now that we know what sales is not, what is sales then? What is biblical sales? What is kingdom sales? Well, number one, kingdom sales, biblical sales is motivated by love. A very often quoted passage is First Corinthians Chapter 13, verse 1. And this is saying, if I speak with the tongues of mankind of angels, but don't have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and know all mysteries, all knowledge of all faith to, to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I have nothing. So you know what this is saying? Sales also is not looking good. Sales is not being charismatic. Sales is not being super cool. Sales is motivated by love. And it says down here, 1 Corinthians 13:4, love is patient, love is kind. It's not jealous, it doesn't brag, it's not arrogant, not disgraceful, it does not seek its own benefit. Right? So, so it is something that is driven towards the benefit of someone else. Biblical sales is always about loving others, not yourself. So number one is that. Number two, biblical sales is also something that is driven by truth and humility. So in Proverbs 11:1 it says this. It says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord and a just weight is his delight. So if you're doing things untruthfully, then that's an abomination to the Lord, but if you're doing it right, for example, if your prospect asks you a legitimate question, and it's something that may not make your business, your product, your service look good, then what we need to do biblically is tell them the truth. Like, for example, one of the best things, the most biblical things you can do, the best salespeople in the world, you know what they do? They don't try to force their sale to everyone. What they're motivated by doing is giving the truth, giving the facts, giving information, that is aimed to love other people and at the end proper biblical sales is if you can't in your own conscious in your own spirit genuinely say that with what you're offering can solve their problem then you say you can't sell it to them that's the best thing you can do for sake of example let's say you are selling a really small car And you have someone that's like seven foot tall coming in and you just want to sell that car off. If you take a look at the seven foot person and they can't even fit in that car, it is the biblical thing to do to recommend to them that it's not in their best interest to buy that car as good of a deal it is for themselves. I hope this makes sense. So biblical sales is number one, motivated by love. Biblical sales is marked by truth and humility. There's multiple passages on this. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Humility is this. Paul's speaking here to the Corinthian church. He said, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come as someone superior in speaking ability or wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. He, in this scenario, was selling the good news. He was selling the kingdom. He was selling Jesus at this moment. So Paul's saying, I didn't come to you being all high and mighty, I didn't come to you as someone better than you. He realized this, I also was with you in weakness and fear and in great trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. So it's important that in all dealings and especially as God starts to bless you, Because kingdom builder, I believe that if we follow God's principles in your business, in your marketplace, blessing will come. We don't seek the blesser for the blessing, but when we seek the blesser, he tends to bless. And when he does, he's going to give you influence. He's going to give you prosperity. He's going to give you money. He's going to give you stuff. But it's important that we always, no matter if you're broke or wealthy, financially speaking, that we always understand that our goal is not to come in with our power. Our goal is to come in submitted to God, humble, and just be able to serve other people. I hope this makes sense. So biblical sales is marked by truth and humility. One last thing we can say about biblical sales: biblical sales delivers on the promises. Matthew five thirty-seven. It says, "Make sure your statement is yes, yes or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil origin." One of the best things any salesperson, anyone in business can do, a free thing to do that will boost your reputation, that will boost your credibility, that will boost your business is when you make a commitment, fulfill it. If you tell someone you're going to be there at an appointment, be there. If you tell someone that this product service is going to help them with something, do whatever you can to deliver that result. And if it can't, then tell them that is well too. So you let your yes be yes, let your no be no. I hope this makes sense so far. Okay, two other points. What is biblical sales? Biblical sales is also service. Sales is service. Dean Graziotti, one of the great personal development gurus of this day and sales specialist says sales is service. The Bible said it first though. We take a look at Mark 12, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31. The question was asked, what are the two most important commandments in the Bible? this can deal with a selling situation. It says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all of your soul and all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this. The second is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So sales is service. What does that mean? Um, It's real easy to serve ourselves. You don't have to teach me how to be greedy and be selfish. I'm just born that way. We're born that way. So when you're dealing with a sales situation, then what that really means if we take that verse to heart is I'm going to sell them and provide for them and help them as if I were helping myself. I'm here to serve them, not to serve myself. Now, even further, Jesus put up a higher standard. It was asked of Jesus, how do we become great? The disciples are arguing. Matthew 20, 26 says this, It is not this way among you, but whoever wants to become prominent among you shall be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many kingdom building. Sales is service. Sales is when you can be in the situation and disconnect yourself from the outcome. Disconnect yourself from the sale. You know the best salespeople don't need the sale? The best salespeople, you can tell they're just there because they want to help you. The ones that don't need the money, the ones that don't need the commission, the ones that don't need the check. Now, financially, maybe they need it. Maybe at home, that person absolutely needs to get paid to provide for them and their family. But you know what a kingdom business person does? A kingdom salesperson does is knows that God provides all. And our goal in that situation is whoever that we're dealing with that we are there to serve them in that marketplace situation to serve them well don't think about the money the money will come god will provide richly if we follow his principles whether it's that person or it's somewhere else but in that situation sales is just service you want to provide for them you want to give them give them the proper information you want to give them extra levels of value the more that you can serve the more that you're tending to get paid in the marketplace in fact One of the big principles, you'll find this in any personal development book, but it's also said in the Bible, is that you should always provide more service than what you are actually getting paid for. Always over deliver. Is that an aspect of your philosophy? If it is, these are kingdom business principles. So we talked about how sales is motivated by love, how sales is marked by truth and humility, how sales is service. But here's a different point. Here's something that only the kingdom builder can say. What makes this different from any other personal development book? What makes this different from other self-help books? And there's many great ones out there. I read them. I listen to them. And they're great. But the difference of a kingdom builder is point number four, biblical sales, is king- being kingdom-minded, kingdom-focused. You see, the world says sell better so you can provide for you and your family. The world says sell better so you can be able to build a legacy. The Bible says sell better so that you can bring glory to the kingdom. And how do we do that? Well, remember this. In James chapter 1, we have to always remember that these opportunities, these selling situations, remember what the gifting comes from. It says, James chapter 1, don't be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is coming from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. What does this mean? It means that every gift comes from God. Remember, no matter how gifted and talented you feel you, you are, how much, no matter how much prosperity you run into, it all came from him. We have to always point back to our creator. The moment we start, stop giving glory and honor, where glory and honor are due, the same God that can give is the same God that can give away. Remember as well, in Psalm 24, David is penning this in his Psalms. He says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those live in it. It's all God's, all the money's God's, all the stuff is God's, everything that you're selling or quote unquote you've created, that's all God's. Where do those ideas come from? Where do the opportunities come from? Where did the wealth come from, the money come from? It all came from him. So it's not up to us to own it. It's only up to us to us to steward it so you have to understand when we're talking about biblical sales that we're not in this mind state of an ownership mentality we're in a mindset that we're in a stewardship mentality we're managers of what he's given to us it could be more for some less for others it doesn't matter whatever he's given to each and every single one of us then we are there to be able to steward that properly so the products you've been given the businesses you've been given the ideas you've been given the money you've been given it's all is that's what being kingdom minded is and the last thing i'd say about this is understand what the purpose of these blessings are the purpose is to be able to bless others the purpose is not just to be able to bless ourselves you hear in genesis 12 12 that you're blessed to be a blessing you're blessed to be a blessing so as we conclude this it's super huge sales we answer the question is it biblical? And the answer is yes, but it depends. As long as we follow certain guidelines, then we can sell in a biblical way and a successful way, in an obedient way, and a God-honoring way, in a way that will flourish and prosper you and your business and the things that you've been called to and also better the lives of other people. Biblical sales is simply rooted in love, motivated by truth and humility, servicing other people and being kingdom minded that is biblical sales but kingdom builder why are we talking about this it's essential i believe that we understand what sales is and how to do this effectively and it's essential that you've been called to the marketplace that you become phenomenal at sales why well the reality is this There's only two things that people can serve in this world. It says in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one or love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So what this is saying is there's a kingdom mindset way. There's a world mindset way. And we have to understand that we're in a war in this world over two general mind states, kingdom and world. Now, you might have a lot of worldly people, not of God, that are good people, moral people. But at the end of the day, if they're not kingdom minded, then their mindset's is going to go to a different direction. When you sell well, wealth is created. When wealth is created, influence is created. And if we want different decisions and influences in this world to dominate, then we have to understand where do we want the influence to go to? Do we want it to go to the world? Should it be that the drug lords are the best salespeople? Should it be that there's amazing business people, but they're not kingdom minded people? Should they be the best salespeople? Why should it be that the general connotation is that Christians in business are not effective? That's a general thought. Now, that's not true for sure. There's a big movement that's going on right now. But shouldn't it be that Christian entrepreneurs, kingdom entrepreneurs, kingdom builders are the best at selling? They are the most effective. They are the wisest. They do the best good in the world. What if that were the notion? What if being Christian in business became cool? What if it became something that people wanted to do? Then the decisions of the direction of the world will then start to be influenced by the kingdom more. So you have to understand the world. we can only either serve God or money. So if you're someone in the kingdom, then it's important that you become influential so that we can start to influence the world values on things. Now you might be thinking, well, James, that's kind of crazy to think. There's a lot of good people out there. Like, do you really, really? And we have to understand Jesus further said this, and this is the harsh reality of things. He says to his disciples for what, um, He says to his disciples this, the one in Matthew 12, 30, the one who is not with me is against me. And the one who does not gather with me scatters. So at the end of the day, even if someone, someone might ask, well, aren't there a lot of good people doing good things in the world? Absolutely. Absolutely. But still there's only two spirits in this world. There's only two gods in this world. There's the God of the universe, the father of all fathers, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, and then there's the God of this world. So if someone is not for Jesus, then what the Bible says is they're against him. So it's either they're for them or they're against them. So as a kingdom entrepreneur, as a kingdom builder, it's important that more influence goes there rather than elsewhere. I hope this makes sense. If not, then you will continually see that as more influence and sales and 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 prosperity goes to those that are not of the kingdom. Have you noticed this? The world turns more fallen. The world becomes more greedy. The world becomes more egotistical. The world becomes even more broken. Wars break out. Self-serving breaks out. No law happens anymore. No order happens again. Anything just starts to happen. And while it might sound good, and there's a lot of good people in the world, The reality is what the Bible says, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The reality is the Bible says that we are all imperfect. We've all sinned. And if we are not redeemed by the blood of the lamb, if we're not redeemed by Jesus' paid blood on the cross, and we're not renewed and rebirthed, and we're not given that kingdom mind state, then already we're fighting the losing battle. So I think the biggest deception, the biggest lie, is well, James, there's a lot of good people out there. They don't have to be Christian, do they? Well, if you believe the Bible says what it says, then that's not the case. And I with this story. It's super important. We are witnessing right now, while there's a lot of craziness in the world, there's also a lot of hope in the world as well. Interestingly enough, there's been a big influx in the movie space of a lot of Christian-influenced movies. We just watched Jesus Revolution, great movie. Also, a hit movie that's still going viral right now is The Sound of Freedom. If you watch The Sound of Freedom, put a one in the comments. I'm curious, great movie. It's all about sex trafficking and child trafficking. Amazing and important story, but it's a God story. Now, what's interesting is that one of the main reasons why this movie became viral is they did something unique and well I guess I got to give this away but the end of the movie the main actor after the credits comes on and he does a personal call to action to the audience he does a personal sale he's heartfelt with his message and he basically sells the audience go tell other people to go buy tickets and watch this or buy tickets for other people and you know what happened that sold well, where millions and millions and millions of people around the world from a movie that didn't have much funding behind it, that was blocked by many different types of things, now is making dramatic transformation, dramatic impact around the world. And the message is getting out there, and people are breaking down in tears, and their hearts are breaking for the message of what this movie is saying. But that's a kingdom message. The kingdom wants to be a kingdom of reconciliation, of peace, of safety. Of love. That's a great example of why it's important that we learn how to be biblically effective in selling. Because either we're selling the message of the kingdom and that's going to influence the world in proper ways, or the world's going to be messaging the the world's message. And if you've seen that, it's just not going the right direction. So there's a lot of hope. And I hope if you're a person that's kingdom minded, that this equipped you, this empowered you. If it did, I'd love to hear in your comments below what you think about is biblical sales. Is sales biblical or not? If this encouraged you, I encourage you, if you have not yet already subscribed to my YouTube for this plus a lot of other content, and it'd be the greatest honor for you to share this content as well. Tag anybody, share this with any kingdom entrepreneur. Maybe someone in your team that's been struggling with this concept of sales and stuff. Maybe this is for you. Maybe you can share it with your church, whatever that it is. If this message encouraged you, let's share this because the goal of a kingdom builder is to be able to succeed in the kingdom that God's given to you so that ultimately we can give glory to the one that is the king of all kings, the greatest kingdom builder of them all, Jesus himself. So I hope this encouraged you. I hope this blessed you. Let me end with a prayer. But dear Father God, I'm thankful for every single person that's listened to this live on replay. I'm thankful for our kingdom builders. We're thankful for your true truth. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful, Jesus, that you sold yourself so that anybody that believes in you, that professes with their mouth and believes in their heart that you are Lord, you are Savior, that you died for us and you rose for us three days again to pay for our sins so we could be redeemed and have eternal salvation, have a relationship with you, the living God. We're thankful for that ultimate sale because it's something that we did not deserve. It's something that we could never afford to pay for. But you've given us a free life. You've given us a renewed life. And just want to encourage your truth today to land on proper fertile soil. Let everything that you said in your word be heard today and resound powerfully be able to break down any shackles of poverty mindset, any shackles of maybe fears about selling or fears about business or profit. And let's bring these all back to the kingdom because you are the one that created wealth. You are the one that created sales. You are the one that created business. And I pray that from this conversation, that kingdom entrepreneurs and builders are born, are empowered, that new visions are given, new dreams are given, and that you walk with each and every single one of them and guide them into all truth and equip them, empower them. To fulfill the destiny and the good work that you've called for each and every single one of us to be able to do i thank you for this opportunity i thank you for your word i thank you for you in jesus name we pray amen kingdom builder great to have you here we'll see you on the next ones we're gonna be answering a lot more questions as well if you have any questions as a kingdom builder a kingdom entrepreneur that you'd like to address please comment them below and i can't wait to break those down as well i hope this blessed you talk soon guys